Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is your weekly comic book podcast where Emery and I, and perhaps a guest, run you through the latest news, the new releases coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And discuss the topic about the world of comics for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe down below and rate well elsewhere. It really does help us out. You can find us on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcasting services of your choice. We are not on SoundCloud, unfortunately. Their infrastructure sucks, so we're not on there. So, Yeah, RSS feed issues. Now, uh, it's a weird time because of the kind of global pandemic going on with the COVID-19 uh coronavirus uh going around and obviously several governments including our own trying to take preventative measures so uh we kind of did a double feature tonight uh for recording so if you've been looking forward to our comic movie master list series it is coming up very very soon i'll probably put that out before i put this out so uh please look forward to that the first movie in order is superman and the mole men and boy, was that a time. It was a time, for sure. <laughs> so uh, I'll have the link for that in the description. Feel free to look at that. To, and uh, there's also a free link to go watch the movie for free. Uh, won't cost you a dime. So uh, definitely go look at that if you can. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I'm really looking forward to doing the rest of the series, to be honest with you. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the one coming up next will, in fact, be Batman. From 1966. Yeah, so if you want to go ahead and jump on that and watch that uh, to get ready for the second episode of Comic Movie Master List uh, from Hit the Books Podcast, you can go ahead and watch that. Uh, I'm sure if I can find a free link, just like Superman and the Moment, I will post it on our social medias, so make sure you pay attention to those. And then I'll also post it on the episode if I can find one. If not, I'll post links where you can go and buy it or rent it to watch uh, digitally or elsewhere. Um so definitely go and check that out. Um, today uh, we're recording maybe four-ish days after we recorded the last episode, so there's not a ton of incoming news right now or anything changing because we, due to having to work from home and all sorts of stuff because of the coronavirus, um, we recorded last week's episode a little bit late. So this week's episode is obviously on time, uh, assuming <laughs> we get the editing done on time and everything yeah. uh, for both the comic movie master list and this episode. But fingers crossed, everything goes well, and you should have this episode right on time, just like Comic Movie Master List. So uh, definitely look forward to that. Remember, we do have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash hit the books. If you so choose to help support the show, it really goes a long way to helping us out and keep the lights on, keep the uh, editing software up to date and paid for, and obviously all the equipment uh, upgraded. We've obviously grown quite a bit since our first episode several oh, yeah. years ago. So it's uh, definitely helped out, and I want to thank Heather Reap for being, uh, again, an executive producer level uh, for a supporter for the show. So thank you very much. If you can't afford to help us out or if you don't want to help us out, that's just fine. We enjoy having you along for the ride as a listener and viewer. Just please rate well somewhere uh, on one of the podcast services or on YouTube, and uh, do subscribe and share and everything else if you can. It really does go a long way to helping us grow the show and keep the show on. And it's our passion project. We don't expect to make a you know a profit or something off of this. It's just something we do because we love comic books. 
Uh, but it would be nice if we could recoup some of those benefits and grow our community a little bit more so we get a little more community engagement going on. Uh, so feel free to comment uh, on our pages or shoot us an email at htbvids. Uh, well, you can go to our website, htbvids.com, to find all this information. Or you can uh, email us at hitthebooksvids, V-I-D-S, at gmail.com. Uh, you can talk to us on Twitter at htbvids, and you can talk to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash hit the books. Uh, so please check out all those services, help us out. We'd really appreciate it. All right, let's get into the episode. Emery, what have you been reading? Um, lately I have been reading Spawn and then I, because of my reading Spawn lately, I also watched the HBO miniseries that they had, which, oh my God, uh, so many reasons why I love this character and the world that it's in. If you are interested in reading like a dark, fantastical, but gritty at the same time story about an ex-soldier who's damned to hell because, well, when you've killed a lot of people, I guess God only figures, he- uh, where else am I going to put this guy? <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. It- <laughs> Uh, if you're if you are into stories having to deal with uh, the fantastical, the mildly religious, but uh, overall just the metal is all hell. This book is the book for you. Achieving a currently world record breaking for like current comics longest running. Yeah, it's very impressive. Uh, Todd McFarlane's obviously kept it alive for quite a long time. He and has, I'm, with uh, a considerable amount of help. Yeah, and I, I'm i pretty sure the canon hasn't been altered too heavily throughout that whole run, right? The canon has not been altered once. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> it's fucking insane when you have a character that's literally killed God. <laughs> and and you still have a running, ex, you know, escalating cannon somehow. Y- yeah. Well, w- what do you do when you have an escalating cannon that goes all the way up to killing God? Well, you get depowered and you have to earn your powers all over again. It's like every video game sequel ever. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> Destiny 2, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. the quality still maintained so far. Uh, having several artists uh, work on your issue 300 and issue 301 do help uh, with uh, taking that a long way. Uh, that being said, I think it is not quite back to basics, but it is just, I think, Todd McFarlane doing the story currently. Gotcha. So... Uh, definitely go out and check that out. Sounds like Emery's enjoying it quite a bit still. Oh, yeah. Um, Spawn, obviously a classic series. Out on Mortal Kombat, I'm pretty sure right now, right? Oh, or yeah. coming up very soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is out now. You can play as Spawn, voiced by none other than Keith motherfucking David. Fuck yes. That man. Get it. That man has the perfect voice for that character. Unlike the guy they use for Joker in the 
Nether Realm <laughs> games. Uh, he's so mediocre. Mediocre. The show's all about mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. So, anything else you've been watching, um, listening, keeping track of over the past four days? Uh, keeping track of the X Men, of course, because my childhood will never let go, no matter how much it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, keeping track of Marvel in general. Because, of course, we have to have several different events happening at the same time. You know, comics. Comics. That's what happens. Yeah, and, of course, the internet kind of blew up when Mr. Kibblesmith unveiled his new <laughs> Warriors team. Yeah, that was our topic of the show last episode, so if you didn't see that... It's definitely worth checking out, at least the topic of the show. Yeah. Uh, that, always, uh, if you're new, our topic of the show is always at the end of the show. So, Oh, yeah. And that topic is literally making the rounds on the internet because, my God. As it, <laughs> as it probably deserves to. <laughs> Boy, is that uh, rough. So far, it's gone from... Uh, if, not for, if not for COVID-19, th- this would definitely be top news stories all over the place <laughs> it's so ridiculous y- yeah but yeah this is this, this is, is absurd if you're gonna release a book like this i guess this is the one time where you can kind of get away with it <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> without it, as I, much backlash i suppose yeah uh, i'm assuming considering the backlash it's gotten they're hoping that it's just gonna fly under the radar or that somehow kipple smith has turned in a story that helps people overlook how ridiculous these characters are. Yeah, definitely. So, so you know, that is actually a part of an event called Outlawed, which is basically a situation in which, uh, as it stands right now, uh, the most recent Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, in a heroic act, has now been knocked unconscious. And as a result of that act, a new act is being passed, which prevents anyone under the age of 21 from being from being a vigilante. The last I checked, being a vigilante, uh, a vigilante of any kind is, is technically <laughs> is like always illegal, yeah. regardless of age. Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. But I guess they're doing that just to focus on the fact that, oh, it's kids. We we, we got to do something about, about the, the children. <laughs> it's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. It, like, fun. that one's happening. Another thing called Empire is happening. Based <laughs> off the hit TV show. About the recording empire? Absolutely not. Oh. We, we, the last thing that this Marvel Universe needs is Terrynomics. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure they do need it in order to justify their low sales. Oh. Ooh. Sad. You know what you're doing, Marvel. Yikes. Or do you? It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair question, dog. It's a fair uh, question. I, as a fan, I get to say these things. It's true. 
so I haven't had a ton of time because I obviously edited the last episode and then we, we did watch Superman and the Mole Men, uh, both separately and together, uh, yep. prior to the episode. Um, however, I have been, I am pretty much caught up. I haven't watched, I haven't read the, the last issue, the latest issue, but I'm pretty much caught up on Batman Curse of the White Knight. Uh, definitely had some reservations at first, but so far, <laughs> I know you warned me about this latest issue, but we'll see. Yeah. So far, I'm actually enjoying it a lot. So a lot more than your comments made me worry <laughs> about. So, uh, now that being said, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Sean Gordon Murphy is going to be making his own kind of universe books, you know? around these characters how he's gonna do it from here because i'm not you know i'm not gonna spoil it but like issue four or five somewhere around there Mm -hmm. uh a lot of the pantheon is not around anymore yeah so i'm not really sure unless you just make joker the only villain for the third run how you continue this series in any way shape or form um and a lot of the characters have their own issues going on uh again won't spoil things but very familiar territories tread in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um however in unfamiliar ways um this this whole run is very inspired by uh batman nightfall which is the famous this yep. run where Azrael decides to take over <laughs> <laughs> and Bane breaks Batman's back, which gives Azrael an excuse to take over. And for some ungodly reason, uh, Batman decides that this murderous Templar Knight is the best candidate to take over the mantle of Batman instead of one of his protégés, uh, who he's groomed. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I never... It's doing... Uh, weird version of retreading yeah and it's in a good way in my opinion but Eh. i know you're not about it but i like it i i think the my biggest issue with it is that it is it it's retreading it's certainly retreading but it's it's very different in context and the rationale makes a lot more sense, you know? Yeah. For example, yeah, this is not a spoiler because there's covers of it for like two issues now that everybody's seen, but yeah, Asriel wears the Nightfall Batman suit. Yeah. Now, in Nightfall, it's because Batman gives it to him because he thinks he's the great candidate to be Batman, even though he barely fucking knows him and he's a murderous Templar knight. Guy literally just fucking showed up and said... Hey, yeah. can I be Batman now that your back's broke? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to me, that made no fucking sense whatsoever. A lot of the Nightfall story doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Uh, yeah. And I, while I know and recognize it's iconic because of what it did to Batman specifically and the fallout of, you know, I don't think it's a very good story. I don't think it's a very good book. That's my personal opinion. I know a lot of people would probably disagree with that, but that's how I feel. This book, however, is like if that was done much more coherently and with a little bit more rationale. Now, the one thing I will say is I'm kind of disappointed that it, the first run of Batman and the White Knight kind of focused on 
like digging up old dirt around Gotham, around the Wayne family, around all of these different things, you know, including ties to the Nazis and, you know, yeah. Dr. Von Fries, you know. Being, yeah, that's that's a pretty uh, huge thread to just kind of leave and hanging. It, yeah, and it's heavily implied that the book that he finds, you know, again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the book that he finds at the end of Batman, uh, The White Knight, is somehow related to this backstory, mm-hmm. which would make way more sense to me than the direction we went in for Curse of the White Knight. Yeah. If I had any criticisms, that would be it. The The fact that instead of going down that route, we just made up this totally weird 1600s pirate slash supernatural story to follow. And Batman Curse of the White Knight feels much less like the much more grounded Batman White Knight. Um, and I can see how that's alienating. It certainly was for me in that first issue, especially. Yeah. But now that I've kind of come to peace with it, I'm actually enjoying the ride quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I'm liking the story beats. I'm impressed by the story beats. I just don't know how you write yourself out of it at the end of all this. Yeah. Because a lot of things with very serious consequences have happened. Very iconic, important characters are not really around to <laughs> yeah. have a uh, influence one way or the other anymore. And certain characters are completely not, I wouldn't say out of the picture, but they're not really a force to be reckoned with anymore for one reason or another. And again, I don't want to give spoilers away because I'm really enjoying the book. I think you should go out and buy these books. They're very collectible. The art is wonderful. You know, Sean Gordon Murphy is an incredible artist and I love his aesthetic. Um, very iconic, very cool style. Um, but yeah, it's, it's jarring. It's weird for the fans of the first run of the series, Batman White Knight, which is one of our favorite books, our favorite, voted our favorite book of, what, two years ago? Yeah. But uh, that being said, I, I am enjoying it quite a bit, and I'm looking forward to reading this last issue here and continuing to read the issues. But I can see where it'd be uncomfortable and where it wouldn't necessarily be your favorite book, you know? Yeah. There, there's... Uh... I don't know. I I think I'm going to reserve my judgment uh, literally for the last issue. Because I, while I do have some issues with how we got here and that this is where we got, (laughs) considering where I thought the book was going to go at the end of Batman White Knight, I am still interested to see how this story wraps up. Yeah, so... Like I said, I was a little jarred at first. I was really uncomfortable because I was like, oh, no, this is not what we were promised with the last, the ending. Yeah. You know, the cliffhangers of the previous books. But I am okay with how it went. You know, there there are some, like, convenient, like, oh, so you jump from this thing to this thing type type of things in there, plot devices that you're like, all right, I get, you know, I'll yeah, suspend my disbelief, I suppose. But overall, I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying a lot of the character dynamics. Um, I think maybe one of the biggest downsides to this book is stuff is happening so quickly that there's not enough character development. Whereas I feel like the first go around was almost entirely character development. So, you know, if you look at the actual events, there weren't a ton of them 
but they were so well drawn out, so well written, so well uh, coordinated and felt that it, it, it didn't detract from the experience. Whereas this one is a little bit of the opposite, where it's a little bit more belting out big moment, big moment, big moment, big moment, but not really giving your the audience, the reader, time to absorb it and dwell on it and not letting the characters develop from it. Yeah, that's... It can seem like impatience, not letting moments breathe. Especially if you're going to basically reimagine Nightfall in this way. Yeah. So definitely, I highly recommend you check it out. It's still, despite its flaws, it's still one of the best comic books out there on the shelves. So please go buy it. You know, Whether it's physical or digital, I don't care. But it's something you need to be reading. Yeah, especially if you read the first run. It's it's very good. Oh, um, yeah. I have some gripes, but they're pretty minor, and it's not detracting from my enjoyment whatsoever. I know Emery's not quite as hot on it, I'm assuming, but... Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite as hot on it as I was White Knight. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty much all I've been reading for the most part. Again, it's only been a few days since the last recording, uh, so forgive me on that. We don't have any uh, did the content match the drapes because those books were had a lot of content prior for last week's. Uh, I think we had deceased number two, the variant, and then uh, Lucifer, which was what, number eighteen or something like that. Yeah. So we got a lot of catching up before we can review those, and I don't think we had any in the pipeline that we hadn't covered already. All right. So with that, let's get into the news. Now again, a lot of Corona heavy news, so expect oh, yeah. a lot of that to be covered here. Um, first up, the execs over at Warner Brothers have discussed recently that they are considering skipping the theaters entirely and having a digital debut for Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, this is obviously due to the lack of ability of uh, a lot of citizens to go out to movie theaters and watch a movie. Um, in the state of Ohio, for example, the governor literally just today said that all non-essential business must be closed. No travel allowed unless you are a, you know, healthcare worker or you know, uh, a grocery store or uh, you know, essential building construction, whatever the case is, military, that sorts of things. So uh, that's just one example. It obviously is at different volumes depending on where you are and the world and in the United States, if you're American. Um, so obviously not conducive to big box office grosses. And, yeah. you know, this is obviously one of the ones they planned on having a large box office gross for and put a lot of money investment into. So uh, they talked about uh, uh, with the rap uh, about how they are considering potential different options and how crazy it is since it is such a big investment. Um, it's currently scheduled for a June 4th uh, release date. Uh, however, they are considering going ahead and just releasing it digitally to home video like many movies have recently, such as um, uh, Bloodshots coming out you know, digitally, Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn movies coming out uh, digitally very early and being pulled from theaters early. So it's it's not unique in that fact, but it is surprising since it's scheduled for June 4th, which you would think would be kind of on the, the decline of the bell curves they've been showing a lot recently. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, that would be 
pretty incredible if the movie didn't hit theaters um and you wonder how it's going to affect sales yeah uh i that is a really big question for this movie. I'm saving it for the topic of the show because the topic of the show is going to be the coronavirus's effect on the comic book industry. But I kind of wonder if this is also going to affect the the movie industry where they're going to, if this ends up selling really well and they end up making more money, if they just start yeah. getting rid of theater releases to begin with. Oh, which yeah. You, you kind of got to wonder if that's even a possibility, you know, or having a very limited theater release and thing going straight to digital or having concurrent digital release with the theater release you know that or sort of thing what might be a worst case scenario for a large section of the population eliminating theatrical releases entirely yeah which would be insane from a modern from a current perspective but you know i i know there's been a lot of talk because yeah. outside of comic book blockbusters there really hasn't been increasing ticket sales for anything yeah outside of those big blockbuster movies um yeah that's uh an ever present discussion that oh well once we get to our discussion topic we're 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 going to explore that to its nth degree because there are so yeah. many ways that that could go Next up on the news, this comes from Newsarama, uh, written by Chris Arendt, the editor there. Uh, Marvel has announced that it is offering deep discounts on comics to help retailers and comic book retailers uh, through this coronavirus event. Um, again, a lot to talk about for our personal context, so yeah. I, I am going to be talking about that uh, with our local comic book shops uh, here in the future. I'm going to see if I'm going to reach out to some of the. Uh, comic book shop owners and managers I know and see if maybe they'd be willing to you know talk for the show oh yeah um if if so that'd be great kind of get a first person perspective on all of this maybe a week from now or so on yeah um so we'll see what happens but uh Marvel Entertainment President Dan Buckley uh sent uh this message out to try to kind of help people calm down and uh, stabilize the market a little bit for the comic book industry uh, he said, quote, as we all encounter new and uncertain challenges in response to COVID-19 and take extraordinary measures to prioritize the safety and well-being of everyone in the industry and beyond, our thoughts are with the entire industry and community we all support. We have spoken with many retailers about the economic impact of their stores uh, from this situation, and we are here to help. For all of our partners in the retail community facing unprecedented economic impacts to their store, Marvel is implementing the following sales measures to assist and support retailers around the country. For Marvel titles scheduled to go on sale between March 18th and April 8th, Marvel is offering extensive deep dis discounts adjusted on top of the existing discounts retailers have in place to help alleviate cash flow pressures and give retailers the flexibility to sell their product in response to customer demand as needed. This move will increase total discounts for retailers up front and preserve the cash they have immediately available. These discounts will also remove the burden on comic shops to dedicate resources and staff to process returns at a future date. Marvel and Diamond will also be preserving retailers' current regular Marvel discounts regardless of any decreases to order levels. By maintaining all current regular discounts, we hope to give retailers the confidence they need to reduce and adjust their orders and steadily accommodate their ongoing pool and hold list customers. These measures will be effective immediately. 
Marvel will also continue to amplify and create awareness about retailers' efforts to provide series, excuse me, services, including uh, holding or creating pull lists, curbside pickups, special deliveries, or other shipping options, and more to accommodate the communities they are in. To equip local comic stores and businesses, Marvel titles will continue to be made available on a weekly schedule as normal. We are actively monitoring the situation every day, and we will continue to listen to retailer feedback and share regular updates with them in the coming days and weeks, end quote. So, uh, clearly, uh, they're making an effort to try to help the local retailers, which is great to see. It makes me feel a lot better, because this is one of the two big companies and hopefully DC is also doing something similar. I would hope. I don't know for sure, but I would hope that they're doing something similar to try to help the out the retailers yeah. because you know we can speak from the perspective of local retailers. They're about to hit a really hard time starting tomorrow um, yeah. because of the governor's declaration today. So it's going to get rough out there for a lot of these businesses, especially the smaller ones, the local mom and pop stops. Um, you know, we got a lot of them here in Columbus. Really great shops. Um, uh, Pack Rat and World's Greatest Laughing Ogre, Heroes and Games. Uh, you know, there's uh, the I can't remember the new one over by Gahanna. Um, Crazy Comics, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of them around, and there's even more in the suburbs. Really great shops owned by really great people that work their tails off to provide uh, comics to this market, and it's great place for people to hang out especially kids and you know teenagers to go hang out and feel welcome and kind of have their own little community and it i'm really afraid that a lot of them won't open their doors again or if they do it won't be for very long right so there's a uh there's a lot more that needs to be done to help out these uh local comic book shops and while picking up books is great um, there's more that needs done and there, there's more that needs done specifically on a much larger scale. Yeah. Which brings me to the next news topic. The comic book publisher Mad Cave Studios has created a comic book retailer COVID-19 relief fund uh, on GoFundMe with the goal of helping out local comic book shops that are struggling in these turbulent times, quote unquote. Um, the fundraiser will provide a one-time donation to comic shops around the U.S. to help them keep employees on payroll, mitigate risk, and keep the lights on. They will be fulfilling requests for aid evenly across the comic book retailers across the nation. Um, so if you really want to help these uh, comic book uh, companies try to stay open, especially the small ones, this might be a good option to go out of your way to help them out. Uh, it might even be better to contact your shops directly. Uh, obviously, we're not endorsing this necessarily because we we haven't looked into it too deeply to know if it's a credible thing or not but it's being done by a comic book publisher so you would assume it is um but i i would definitely recommend if you are able to go uh help them out on their fundraiser uh i will post the link in the description of this episode uh, on both the podcast and the video so look for it there if you so choose or go ahead and google it and see if you can find it yourself whichever is more convenient for you but it, it, it might be a good way for you to help out the industry help out your local comic book shops if not try to reach out to them you know a lot of them are very active on social media especially on facebook so definitely reach out to them if you can and uh, see if 
maybe you can't help in some way, shape, or form, or some way, shape, or form, adjust your pools so that you can acquire them some other way, or have a delayed pool or something like that, so they can maintain the the income they need to keep the lights on once all of this is finally blown over and uh, businesses are allowed to open again. So, uh, next up on the news. You know, we always got to do it. I hate to do it. Every time. You know, at least this time they have a good excuse. You know, whether or not this is the reason, they got an excuse now. So, it's time for Delay Corner. Delay Corner. First up on Delay Corner, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, number two, has been pushed back four weeks. Um, the issue will now release May 6th, um, as told by DC. And the third issue will be on track still for the June 24th release. So, if you're looking forward to the comic, unfortunately, you'll have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, it kind of annoys me because they just made Harley Quinn a member of the Birds of Prey now for I, I the mean, movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, this seems like a very clear and obvious movie tie-in that is only going to have people who just watched that movie scratching their heads as to who half of these characters are given how jarringly different they look yeah so it's weird but we'll see uh if you were looking for that issue unfortunately it's delayed a few weeks next up on delay corner legion of superheroes number six and number seven have been postponed uh, again by dc um no explanation is currently given out, but again, you got to wonder how much of this is being affected by coronavirus and artists being able to get to where they need to go and work from home and send stuff out and all this jazz. So uh, number six and number seven are both being delayed. Um, number six is estimated for an April 29th release when it was originally supposed to be April 1st. Uh, Legion of Superheroes number seven is due out on May 20th when it was originally slated for May 6th. Um, the eighth issue is currently still set for release on June 3rd, but we will see that it will likely change. Uh, next up on Delay Corner, we have a Marvel title. Um, Spider-Man number four has been pushed back for a second time. Uh, it was originally scheduled. Let's see here. It's originally rescheduled for April 29th. Um, 20... 20 weeks beyond its original solicitation. Holy shit. Um, yeah. Again, this is how comic books die, but lucky for this book, it's a Spider-Man book, so it's probably okay. Um, Spider-Man number five's release date remains unchanged, however, estimated for May 27th. So definitely a bummer, and I can't believe that book has been delayed that much throughout this short run. But uh, that's absurd. That's definitely not a good sign. Yeah. I wonder, kind of got to wonder what's going on behind the scenes on that particular book. Yeah. And then finally, uh, the most egregious, I think, of the newest announced delays, although that Spider-Man one was pretty bad. Uh, Doom Patrol Weight of the Worlds finale has been postponed 13 weeks. Um, it was originally solicited to arrive on January 29th. And the current estimates now having have it coming out on April 29th, which is over a month from now. So definitely not a good look. Um, no, it is not. Although I think Gerard Wade has been busy recently, right? They're trying to do some reunion tour or something. 
Yeah. So uh, I guess he's got an excuse. If you want a My Chemical Romance concert, I, I mean, although I, I don't know how it, that's affected now because of coronavirus. Yeah, it's it that whole thing is a mess. That is the the one thing that is unfortunate when you have someone who isn't primarily like in the comic book world writing a comic book. Uh, this like something very very similar with a much longer wait. This one's kind of infamous, too. Um, something very similar happened with uh, back when the Ultimate Comics for the Ultimate Marvel was a thing. Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine. Of course, it was delayed because it was being written by the guy who was writing the show Lost. <laughs> Which, you know, he probably could have skipped that. <laughs> Uh, At least the it, first two seasons. Uh, mm. I mean, I like that show, but that that show has probably one of the most divisive last seasons I've ever heard of. <laughs> Say more than that, but uh, 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 yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, there was no point to that entire show. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when it comes to delays getting that ridiculous, sure, you can go, oh, yeah, I didn't have to wait entire years between issues like I did with Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine. Yeah. But when issues, if you want them to live, should not come out more than two months apart. Yeah. So, again, we talk about this all the time, and we applauded assuming they're telling the truth, uh, the creators of the three Jokers, because they postponed the release of the first issue so that they could finish the entire run and then start releasing it. Because this is what we've been talking about for years now. If you create the content all prior to uh, the release of the content, I know it's a lot of investment and time, but if you just make one big, coherent, complete story, break it up into 12 parts, 24 parts, whatever the case is, and then release it from there... You don't have to worry about anything because it's already all built into the material. You don't have to be fluid or adjust anything or, you know, be reactionary because you the audience didn't like a particular point in the book or the most ex- outspoken Twitter followers were <laughs> fervently angry that you did one thing or another. No, you can let it stand for better or for worse as a complete artistic piece of material. And uh, that's how I think comic books should be written. Yes. Uh, at least in absolutely. arcs. Yeah. And because they don't do this, this is why huge delays like this happen in between, you know, issue seven and eight or nine and ten, you know, where it's absolutely not OK, you know, and absolutely kills books on a regular basis. And it's really sad, it's really disappointing because, you know, a lot of good books go down because of stuff like this. Yeah. Um. So uh, Plus, you know, if you do that, you kind of have a whole year to get ready for the next story arc, you know, assuming it's, you know, well-received. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just me. That's my take on it. So, again, if you want to go potentially support your local comic shops, maybe check out this fundraiser or reach out to your local comic book shops and see how you can help them out through this whole ordeal. Um, Some of us are very fortunate that we have jobs where we can still work from home and still earn a paycheck. Others, not so much, so it's hard for everyone out there, obviously. 
Um, These are difficult times. If you are able, for sure, try to help your comic shops because they really are kind of a, a, you know, a last bastion of kind of nerddom where you can actually go out and be social and have a good time. It's Uh, not just that, but this is a staple of uh, American entertainment industry. This is not just writers, but writers and artists telling serialized stories that have inspired some of the most entertaining movies that have ever been released. And TV shows. And TV shows. video games. All of this traces back to comic books. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, okay, and this one, all things considered, is going to sound a a little weird, given current events, but eh, screw the World Health Organization. What books are we hitting up this week? Well, Emery, I thought you'd never ask. So, the comics coming to your local comic book shops or digital devices... You know, because unfortunately, you may not be able to support your local comic book shops. Yeah. Unless you, you know, support this fundraiser or whatever else. Yeah. Um. So, uh, again, haven't heard any gripes about the new way of showing all the comics we're going through. So, hopefully, everybody's happy with it. If you do have gripes or suggestions, please uh, be sure to send those out to us. Yeah. We are very receptive uh, to any kind of feedback. So. Yeah, and uh, the feedback that you do send uh, for ease of following, please put it on our YouTube page. Yeah, it does make it a lot easier. If not, you can also email us. That's also good, too. Yeah. But the YouTube page is usually the easiest way for us to see it. Uh, or Twitter. You know, Twitter or Facebook. Those are fine, too. All right. So we always get these from freshcomics.us. It's a really great resource if you want to see what's coming to your local comic book shops. Now, again, some of these have been delayed, so they may not be actually coming this week, but it's just the solicitations as they are and as they were. Uh, First up, we got Marvel Comics. We have Avengers Black Widow, number one. We have Black Panther, number 22. We have few volumes a lot of volumes a lot of variants let's see here where's the number one there we have falcon and the winter soldier number two. Ooh, that's gonna be a tv show we well it's delayed so you know uh, yeah about that <laughs> we have force works 2020 number two with that weird gear why did I, i'm so curious as to what the deal is with that you know what's so weird to me is even though it is the year 2020, when I see Forceworks 2020, I think it's like some weird sci-fi yeah, future. Yeah, it gives off the idea that but it, it's that's a present. weird future date, but it it is today. <laughs> that that is today. They're implying that this is somehow happening today. I don't know if I'm just feel that way because I'm old, <laughs> or because you you still kind of remember the 90s. I guess. I mean, there's a lot of 2020-based sci-fi futuristic stuff, and now it's just all present, and none of it's happened. (laughs) It's very disappointing. Well, here's the thing. The reason why it doesn't happen is because they put it in movies first, and then we wildly avoid that as a future. That's true. Which is unfortunate, because I was really hoping for, like, flying cars about, like, five years ago. Yeah. (sighs) 
So next up, we got Hellions number one. Uh, another X title. Now, I hate to do this. Mm-hmm. I hate to be this guy. You gonna be this guy? I fucking love Jim Lee. Yep. Everybody knows he's a legendary and incredible talent. But what is this? Look at this fucking leg. What is this? What, the, what is what is this? How? Raptor talon. What the, the, the what the? F- <laughs> this is not something I expect from Jim Lee. Okay, here is the huge and probably um uh very very shitty smelling elephant in the room when it comes to literally anything coming from Jim Lee nowadays the man is over fucking worked yeah he's definitely overworked and he, he has his youtube show with instructionals that is that are like an hour two hours long every day yeah on top of basically being the head of dc creative right now and then also being having a hand in his investment in image and he's obviously doing variants out the ass all the time working on books the man is absolutely overworked, and I don't mean to be a complete dick, but I got to be a little bit of a dick, because this is not Jim Lee standard. No. I'm sorry. Not at all. And this it, is not like 90% of comic book artists standard. This is this is really rushed, and it's, it's very disappointing. It's, it's rushed. It's poorly composed. It's, it's weak as fuck. It's... This is, this is the kind of shit that '90s Jim Lee would shit on any artist for pushing out. I mean, even Jim Lee of like you know less than ten years ago. Yeah, it's not. It's not. This is a recent phenomenon. The past like two or three years, we've been seeing this, and it's really, really upsetting and really disappointing because we know damn well how great Jim Lee is, and it's not. This ain't it. This yeah, it's not it. Uh, Jim Lee, we love you. You know, you put your name on anything, it'll probably sell, but this is not Jim Lee quality. I'm sorry. This is just... I. What is this? I, I have a theory that perhaps he dislikes the current run of X-Men as much <laughs> as I do. And that's a theory I'm going to go with for the time being because, my God, I uh, I would never, ever think jim lee to go that fucking basic no i mean look you click on jim lee's name and the first thing that comes up is this incredible cover you know from green lantern yeah look at this fucking thing it's amazing fucking look at it and then you go back and you look at this like what the fuck is what is this talon why are her legs like four times longer than her torso what is why is her elbow meshing in with one of her boobs why why is it so boring you know the first thing i think of when i see a jim lee cover is not this no boring poorly drawn rush thing i think of this this phenomenal piece of artwork that's Okay, you think of that. I think of uh, X-Men number one. I mean, you know, there's so many examples because he's such an accomplished, amazing, legendary artist. Yes, he is. And this... Why this? Jim, we love you. We hope you're watching and listening. Please take a break. Please get some sleep. 
you know, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing a great job for the most part, but you're clearly overworked. You're clearly rushing things out. We don't want this from you. We don't want this. Don't poop on your own legacy. Don't don't force us to make a worst cover of the week. (laughs) I really don't want to have to do that. I don't think it's that bad, but it is Uh, is uh, pretty uh, bad. mm. (laughs) Jim, please. Okay. We beg you. Maintain the standard. You are the standard that everybody looks up to. Do not lower your standard. Don't make us do most disappointing cover of the week. My God. Disappointing would be a good word. (sighs) Definitely a good word. Okay. Back to the comics of the week. Uh, Okay. I take back what I said about worst or most disappointing. One of the covers for Hellions is just an orange page. (laughs) I I fucking told you. (laughs) I've seen some bad covers, man. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. Moving on. We have Jessica Jones, Blind Spot, number six. Looks like a marital spat on one of those covers. We have Marvel Snapshots, Fantastic Four, number one. This is that one. Uh, previously, one to co- cover the week with uh, the Submariner one. Yeah, it uh, looks like they're going with the classic Human Torch. Yep. And again, they're focusing on the more human characters around these superheroes, so it's not necessarily about the Fantastic Four or any members, but obviously it'll involve them in some way, shape, or form. So. Yeah. So, which is always fun for like one-off issues. Uh, next up, we have Punisher Soviet number six. We have Ravencroft number three. Uh, God, I didn't think I was going to buy a Spider-Man book, but that might have convinced me. We have Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider number four. Wait, what? As in. Intergalactic Punisher with a Ghost Rider spirit of vengeance in him riding through space is Marvel's Lobo, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Oh my god! I mean, they've been borrowing stuff from each other for a while now, but uh, yeah, I didn't think they'd step into borrowing straight from fucking Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Road to Empire, which you mentioned earlier. The Kree slash Scroll War Number One. Oh, oh, I already hate it. <laughs> Event books, we love them. <laughs> uh, uh, next up, we have Scream, The Curse of Carnage, number five. We have Star, number three. Okay, that that's a little interesting. We have Star Wars, Bounty Hunters, number two, for you fucking nerds. Yep, it keeps happening. <laughs> They're actually decent books. I, I can't poop on them too much. Uh, we have Tarot, number four. Okay, that I only have questions for that. We have The Amazing Spider-Man, number 42, 2099, which will eventually be a present book. It'll be very, <laughs> very sad for us all. Uh, uh, we have The Immortal Hulk, number 33. Whatever that abominable snowman is. We have Wolverine, number two. We have... Uh, they keep making them number two. Oh, man. The, <laughs> the cuckery going on in those books. <laughs> Yikes. We have X-Men, number nine. Your favorite title, of course. How dare you. You keep buying them. We have <sighs> X-Men plus Fantastic Four, number three. <laughs> Just give the child back. You, you don't need to take 
other people's kids, X-Men. Why? Did a nerve, did I? (laughs) They're not heroes anymore, and that's what hurts the most. We have X-Men Giant Size Nightcrawler number one, and that wraps up Marvel. Next up from Dynamite, you know what's coming. Dynamite's got all those booty variants and about four issues. (laughs) Uh, We have A Clash of Kings number three, uh, written by George R. R. Martin. We have... It doesn't say which one's the original, but we got The Army of Darkness, number two. We have Deja Thoris. Again, doesn't say which one's the original. Number four. Always hot. Again, millions of boob variants. Millions. We have Killing Red Sonia, number one. How dare they? How dare they? Uh, So many boob variants. Where are we at? Ginger should be allowed to live. (laughs) We have Red Sonia and Vampirella meet Betty and Veronica, number 10. I actually dig this cover quite a bit. Didn't win our cover of the week, but I dig it. Mostly because they put pants on Vampirella. (laughs) That's a bold choice. Let's see how it pays off, Cotton. Uh, The entire concept sounds ridiculous, but, you know, (laughs) it's there. Enjoy. Because, you know, uh, why not? Uh, We have so many variants. I'm going to assume because they're all marked variants that they're not original books. So So much butt. So much butt. I mean, look. Just, ah, that's just, just that's just cheeks. Just unnecessary. Like, just come on, guys. What could be more necessary? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need some comfort while you're in quarantine, you know, dynamite's there for you. Yep. Next up from DC Comics, we have Action Comics number one thousand twenty-one. I hate this numbering, but you know it's fine. <laughs> I think at some point you just gotta say we've numbered enough. Uh, we have Amethyst, number two, which I'm assuming is spinning out of the um, Young Justice book. We have Basket Full of Heads, number six, which is part of the black label, so it's probably pretty gruesome. Yeah. We have Batgirl, number 45. I did want to point out this variant cover. Again, did not win the variant cover of the week, but I really like it. It's a, it's a good cover. We have Batman Cross Superman, number eight. We have Batman Beyond, number 42. We have Batman, Curse of the White Knight, number eight. So now I have another one to read. Another one. Uh, we have Books of Magic, number 18. Sandman Universe. We have Detective Comics, number 1021. Again, with the numbering, unnecessary. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, let's make I think, things a bit more I think more once inclusive. we get to 1,000, we can just give it a new number. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Far Sector, number five. Um, we have From Beyond, The Unknown Giant, number one. Way too much text on it. Yeah, very old school in that way. An- again, another cover we liked a lot. John Constantine, Hellblazer, number five. That's such a good-looking cover. We have Justice League Dark, number 21. A book that was very good. I am not I haven't kept up on it, but hopefully it's maintained the quality. We have Red Hood, Outlaw, number 44. Interesting. Oh, we, oh, that, that I just noticed the variant cover for that one. That yeah, it's a it, Nightwing it, ripoff. It, it is. It sure is. <laughs> Again, because we can't shit on Nightwing enough, we got to start <laughs> ripping off his motif down too. <laughs> Jeez, they already tried to replace him in Curse of the White Knight. They keep Batman White Knight. They, they keep doing it. They keep doing it. <laughs> 
we have Suicide Squad number four, the contemplative Harley Quinn. We have Supergirl number forty. Uh, we have The Flash number seven fifty two. Interesting. We have The Last God number six, another black label book. We have The Legion of Superheroes number five. We have Wonder Woman number seven fifty four. And that wraps up DC. <clears throat> From IDW Publishing, we have I Can Sell You a Body, number three. Wait, what? <laughs> I Can Sell You a Body, number three. Hold on. <laughs> I Can Sell You a Body, Emery. <laughs> what, what, uh, you're you're going to have to walk this back and explain. You know what, what? Emery? Dying is easy. <laughs> is that right? Number four. Uh, oh, that uh, that that goes perfectly well with uh, <laughs> I can sell you a body. <laughs> um, we have Eve Stranger number five. It's called uh, Brand Cohesion. Emery. Oh, is that what this is? Get with the program. It, it's all about uh, it's like the dead <laughs> and uh, the bodies. That's all we care about here. We have Gears of War Hive Busters number five. I haven't played that game. We have Ghostbusters Year One, number three. <laughs> we have Judge Dredd, False Witness, number one. Oh, my God. I know you love some Judge Dredd. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have Marvel Action <laughs> Avengers, number one. Wasn't expecting that one. We have My Little Pony, Canter Lot High, March Radness. Apparently, okay. Are they ponies or not? Well, they the, look pretty human to me, but yeah, uh, yeah this uh, you know. that covers a little deceptive. The variants are ponies. <laughs> Why are the variants ponies? <laughs> uh, this is a pony book. I don't care to know. Uh, <laughs> we have Rising Sun number three. <laughs> we have Sonic the Hedgehog number twenty-seven. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. We got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one oh four. Oh, that looks so punk. We have <laughs> Oh God. No. No. She failed for a reason. <laughs> we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Jenica number two. They brought her back. I don't know I, why they brought I, her back. I don't remember there being uh any renaissance either sculpture or artiste with that name, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we have The Kill Lock, number four. Uh, if you if you haven't watched uh, The Toys That Made Us, the Ninja Turtles episode, mm -hmm. they also go into Jenica quite a bit. And what? Now it was a colossal failure. What? And a terrible marketing attempt. Why are they doing it again? To sell toys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> They don't learn their lesson. They sure don't. We have Transformers Terminator uh, number one. Autobots got to transform. <laughs> Come on, do it. <laughs> we have the Transformers Galaxies number six. I have seen a lot of positive press about this. I haven't read it, obviously. but In Galaxies? Yeah. Oh, might so, have to check that one out. Might be worth checking out. Who knows? Uh, we have from Image Comics Analog number 10. We have Crowded, number 12. We have Death or Glory, number 10. Ooh. Glad to see that's still going. Had yeah. a good start. Although I'm surprised they're only on issue 10 because I feel like we were on issue one like a year and a half ago. 
Uh, probably delayed. Probably. We have Heart Attack, number five. We have Killadelphia, number five. Kill, kill, Killadelphia. We have Lazarus Arisen, number four. Almost put a weird inflection on Lazarus. <laughs> we have Lucy Claire Redemption, number four. Who is Lucy Claire, and why is she seeking redemption? She's a samurai redhead, so that's all you need to know. Okay. <laughs> the, one of those covers is deceptive because it looks like someone's taking a soul from a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's lying. Somebody's lying. <laughs> uh, next up, we have uh, a book I really love, uh, done by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. Her artwork is so iconic. I love it. Uh, Monstrous, number 27. The thing that you can always count on with Monstrous is that they're always going to have a hyper-detailed cover because, well, just everything in that book is hyper-detailed. It is. It's a great book. It's a great book. I haven't kept up with it. I'm probably back around issue 14 or 15 or somewhere around there, but it was from up to that point, it was a really great book. Really loved it. Oh, yeah. uh, on the Stump, number two is the next book here. We have Protector, number three. We have Rat Queens, number 21. We have Sex Criminals, number 28, with probably the most unsexy cover I've ever seen. Literally the most. <laughs> and The Old Guard, Force Multiplied, number four. Hmm. <laughs> Boundless has its stuff this week, so, uh, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah. You bet that life, go for it. They, they ought to be called Shameless. <laughs> <laughs> uh next up from boom studios we have angel and spike number 10 we have folk lords number five we have hmm. mighty morphin power rangers number 49 go go power rangers it's morphin time we have it on <laughs> once in future number seven uh the dark crystal age of resistance number seven and For that, all of you into gelflings out there. Yep. And that wraps up Boom Studios. From Dark Horse Comics, we have a lot of volumes. A lot of volumes. Hidden Society, number two. Stranger Things, Into the Fire, number three. Didn't know Stranger Things even had a book. And Tomorrow, number two. And Witchfinder, The Reign of Darkness, number five. If tomorrow isn't about Little Orphan Annie, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible joke. <laughs> uh, you let tomorrow, me have this. Tomorrow, I'll read you tomorrow. Because Corona's a day <laughs> away. <laughs> We're terrible people. Uh, next up, from Valiant, they release books again. That's two weeks in a row. Holy shit. Incredible. <laughs> Uh, they it's amazing what they can do when they have time to focus. Clearly, they're listening to us. Yeah, apparently. Uh, first up, we have Quantum and Woody, number three. And Those then we have look interesting. a new premiere of Exo Man of War, number one. For the first time in who knows how long. It's been a while. It's been it a has. While. Uh, from Archie Comics, we have Archie Jumbo Comics Digest, number 308. And we have Super Duck, number one. Because why not? We Quack. have doo -doo -doo, where you at? from Aftershock Comics. We have Animosity number twenty-seven. 
We have God Killers, number two. Ooh. We have Shoplifters Will Be Liquidated, number five. That's a, That sounds like a threat. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, from Oni Press, we have Kaiju Max, number three. We have Rick and Morty, number 60. From Titan Books, we have Blade Runner 2019, number seven. Hilarious. <laughs> I, 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 I find it funny that they've already chosen to be dated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's when Blade Runner's set, so I guess you can't really do much about it. Yeah, there, there really isn't anything you can do about it. Uh, from Vault Comics, we have Heathen, number 10. Very provocative cover. We have No One's Rose, number one. From Scout Comics, we have Wretches, number five. Hmm. And I think that's everything I tend to read, or tend to talk about on the show. Everything else, feel free to check out on freshcomics.us. And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Again, please support your local comic book shops. Especially right now. And digital devices this week. Now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay, life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. Da-da-da. From Hit the Books Podcast. From Hit the Books Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Glad you're fluent. Uh, first up, the award of cover of the week goes to Dan Mora, who did a beautiful... Once and Future number seven cover for Boom Studios. Now this cover, this cover just caught our attention and held our attention. We were when we were looking through FreshComics.us, you know, to see which covers we were going to give the award to. There's a lot that were impressive, that were cool, but this one, you know, if, at first glance you think, oh, it's, you know, simple concept, you know, not nothing to write home about. But the more you look at it, and the more you scroll past it, the more it kept screaming out to us, you know? Yeah. It just gripped us. And the more you look at it, the more you notice, you know, the, the detail from the smoke coming out of the cigarette to the sword that's very subtly kind of hidden between the characters and, and the, the male character's hands there. You know, the, the kind of demonic face that's kind of very subtly in the smoke uh, wafting up by the shoulder there. Just... Very important, very fine details that just really add depth to this cover and really make you intrigued and make you want to pick this book up, quite frankly, you know? Yeah, that's a, there's so many details that, like, the more you look at it, the more you find. Like, it would be easy for anyone to just uh, draw a ginger dude, but uh, this guy went out of the way to make sure that this man's stubble had the impression that it does grow out red, but there's also a darkness to it that kind of makes it look black, like somewhere between red and black. And it's very, it's like, how would they think or have the the ability to even like draw that or color that is fucking beyond me. Yeah. That had to have been painstaking. Absolutely. And there's a lot of very effective use of shading like in a very orange, you know, display, which implies that they're looking at some sort of fire. You can see kind of embers lingering around them. Yeah. A lot going on that really genuinely intrigues you, makes you wonder what's on the other side of that panel, you know, Uh, makes you want to open the book. I don't know if the book cover is going to be a virgin cover like this one depicts. It often isn't based on the solicitations, but 
If it is, that would be wonderful because this is one that absolutely deserves to be a Virgin cover. Oh, um, yeah. Just very impressive artwork, very cool, crisp lines, great shading, uh, and just has that that factor that wow factor that sets it apart from the other ones it's you know again it's not one of those ones you would stereotypically imagine for a cover of the week but it just kept catching our attention and we couldn't put our finger on it what was it about this cover that just grabbed us so frequently so easily um but we we couldn't let it go we had to give it the cover of the week it's just it's too good to pass up so it's too good and i am I'm interested in picking up this book, if for no other reason than I have to know what the hell they're looking at. Yeah. Also, but I also really curious to see like the full like runes on that sword be displayed. I'm I'm so there's so many questions that I have now because of this one cover, and I think this one cover will probably inspire me to read this entire series. Yeah. So. Really great artwork. Uh, again, Dan Moore, you've you, you done a, a wonderful job. Can't wait to put you on the list on our website, htbvids.com, where you can see all of the past and present uh, co- covers of the week and variant covers of the week. This one is well-deserved, and I look forward to picking up this book and catching up. Uh, so, Kieran, Gillian, hopefully the content matches the drapes. We're going to be checking out your writing very soon here. Oh, yeah. Next up, the variant cover of the week goes to... Stranger Things, Into the Fire, number three, Kalachev cover, which is done by Victor Kalachev. I, uh, I apologize if I mispronounced that. It's spelled one way at the top and spelled a different way at the bottom. So either it's Kalachev or it's Kalvachev, one or the other. One of those two. I apologize, but the listing literally has two spellings. So hopefully I'm right in one of them. Uh, this one uh, is a great cover for its use of various forms of light, how it creates the illusion of transparency, which is kind of weird, a kind of opaqueness, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, you can see the kind of dust particles and the light pattern. Just very cool and effective uses of color and light. And it looks, you know, if you really look at it, there really isn't much besides two colors. is shades of blue and shades of orange that are intermixed. Some are darker, some are lighter, but it's pretty much two colors, which is really a cool thing. So whoever worked on the color, whether it was Victor Kalachev himself or if it was another colorist, did a, a wonderful job. Um, definitely a provocative cover, you know, a, a, a cover that provokes you to open it to see what, what the content is, what the context is. Um, kind of silly in some ways that it's got the, the, the penguin nurse kind of walking around. It has a, a translucent penguin nurse which means that cindy you know shout out to cindy is really gonna love this color <laughs> cover because it's got the the big penguin on it uh but uh really a really cool cover we talked about while we we're reading the new issues this week how there was a lot of good variants uh that we really liked um you know the that back row one comes to mind and there's a few others that betty and veronica virgin cover is pretty good um but this one just stood out as being so unique uh, which is always a good thing in art, you know, to see something that you don't feel like you've really seen before, uh, something that kind of jars you a little bit, something that gives you a little bit of that disturbing, you know, kind of goosebumps feeling, which this certainly does. 
very interesting, very cool. Uh, big shout out to Victor Kalachev. Uh, that's that's a wonderful cover. We look forward to adding you to the list. Oh yeah. So once again, congratulations to Victor Kal- Kalvachev or Kalachev, whichever way your name is supposed to be pronounced. I'll find one of out those two <laughs> when I tag you on Twitter. And uh, Dan Mora for your covers. Once in the future, number seven from Boom Studios, and Stranger Things Into the Fire, number three variant by Dark Horse Comics. Congratulations. Now it's time to jump into the topic of the show. Emery, what is our topic of the show? The topic of the show is very much the topic on everyone's minds considering current events. We're all still we're all kept inside in our homes. And depending on where you live, under uh, varying degrees of uh, court-ordered or state-sanctioned self-quarantine. Thanks to a little bug that's been dubbed COVID-19, or, as it's most widely called, the coronavirus. Uh the number of shitty memes that have <laughs> resulted as a uh, in response to this pandemic there's literally no end and there probably will be absolutely no end even after this thing's long gone because well we as a people can't help ourselves speaking of shitty memes are you familiar with the boog boy phenomenon I am not. So this is very popular amongst my uh, fellow military men uh-huh. uh, on Facebook. Uh, for those of you unaware, I was an infantryman. I was a sniper in the Army, uh, active duty. And I have a, obviously have a lot of Facebook friends that are also uh, military sourced. That uh, tracks. And there's kind of a popular phenomenon going on right now. Uh, I think... I don't know what direction it's going because sometimes it's, you know, funny and docile. And then other times it's a little bit more up the kind of redneck getting into kind of violent, racist, sexist territory, transphobic territory. Kind of worrying a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. As with all meme culture, it always goes to the nth degree. (laughs) Because we have to test our limits in order to know them. I suppose, but on the level playing field, it's it's fine. It's just funny. Yeah. Uh, but this kind of boog boy thing is basically vets and, you know, firearm enthusiasts mm-hmm. going out in Hawaiian shirts and camouflage pants armed to the teeth during the quarantine. <laughs> and every... T- <laughs> yeah, and they're using... Uh, what's the foreign kid's name from Ed, Ed and Eddie? Oh, is it Rolf? Yeah, Rolf. So <laughs> Rolf, it's <laughs> basically all these memes saying, "Oh, you you think I'm going to be forced to stay home, Fed boy? Oh, you are wrong." <laughs> oh, <laughs> like stuff like that. My God. So there's a lot of <laughs> Rolf in like military gear, you know, with nods and everything, with <laughs> you know, an M4 or whatever the case is, with a bunch of ammo. <laughs> Just ridiculous memes that are born out of military culture, you know. Because, of course. Because there's, like, ones that are pretty funny where it says on one side, you know, 
when the government recommends you stay at home and it's got, you know, this seal, you know, <laughs> sleeping, you know, comfortably uh. and happy. And then the next panel is when the government forces you to stay home. And <laughs> his eyes are wide open and he's got his tactical helmet on and he's got his gear on his chest <laughs> while laying in bed still. <laughs> like, force me. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's Force a, me is, I think, the last thing that you would ever want to make anyone in, like, military feel like. Jesus. The the phrase "Don't tread on me" exists for a reason. <laughs> Civil liberties will most likely be best defended by those who have had to defend our nation. Yeah, so it's just it's fun. It's you know it's fucking around, but <laughs> boog boys is a recent phenomenon in meme culture that I've noticed and thought was pretty funny. Oh so my god! I it's figured like, while we were talking about I, shitty memes, I might I, as well talk about it. I'm I'm just imagining you know people who have had uh, military duty under their belt engaging in the meme war. I mean, technically, <laughs> this is as close as the United States has ever been to the storyline of the division. So, oh my god, you brought that fucking game into this. I love that game. <laughs> it's a good game. Uh, I like it, them both. It, I mean, it became a good game. How dare you? <laughs> sure, it lied with its E3 press conferences, and it wasn't what it was promised to be, but it was still good. It it slowly made its way to the promises it made. Uh, about that. Nah. <laughs> it slowly inched its way <laughs> towards those promises. Yeah, but back to topic. Uh, obviously, we want to discuss you know how this will impact you know comic book culture, comic book. Uh, stores, comic book publishers, distributors, uh, all of the above, and the me- respective media. Obviously, for the past two or three weeks, we've talked about all these movie delays and digital, straight-to-digital releases and uh, all these different things that Diamond has been trying to do to help people out, like allow for more returns or allow for decreased volume ordering uh, with sales incentives obviously we talked about marvel during the news topic this week yeah trying to offer discounts to the distributor and the stores to try to help them out during this time of need um and i I thought it was really pertinent to talk about it today because today uh governor dewine in ohio announced that all non-essential people would be restricted to home Except for, you know, emergencies or groceries or, you know, whatever the case is, something, you know, necessary. And that includes comic book shops. Yeah. And so up to this point, a lot of, basically all the comic book shops in the city that I know of have been doing something to try to curtail things and help uh, make customers feel more comfortable coming to them to get their comics. Like, for example, doing curbside delivery stuff. Uh, delivering stuff straight to the home for the pool customers, you know, allowing them to call ahead and say, hey, I want this, this, and this, and then then bring it out to your car. You know, all sorts of different things they were trying to do to help people out, feel more comfortable, not have to expose things, obviously wiping everything down with sanitization stuff, um, keeping the shops really clean and sanitary, making sure that sick employees use their sick time and weren't coming in sick, uh, all sorts of things to kind of curtail this uh, pandemic. But unfortunately, now it's kind of taken out of their hands. They don't really have a choice now. And starting uh, officially at 11.59 p.m. tomorrow, which is Monday, uh, March 24th, they will not be allowed to remain open, um, which is really, really bad and really tough 
on these stores, on this community, I would assume. Obviously, I'm going to reach out to a few people I know. Like, I, I know Jeff over at World's Greatest Comics. Um, I know Gib over at uh, Laughing Ogre. I'm going to see if I can reach out to them and see if they want to comment on it or anything, you know. Yeah. Obviously, we have a li- limited audience, so, you know, it's not, like, the biggest media outlet in the world, but it would be nice to know their opinions and see what they say on or off the record. Um but yeah, it's it's obviously a struggle for any business, but uh, I think the comic book, you know, small mom and pop store demographic is going to be especially hurt by this um, because it is so community driven and sustained. Um, it's a limited marketplace. You know, I'd, I, I, I don't know this for sure. I'd have to talk to them specifically, but I would assume it's been a shrinking market for quite a while due to digital media platforms and how easy they have become uh, to access. You know, you can read these things on Comixology, on Marvel's particular platform, on DC Universe. You know, um, a lot of these independent companies have their own streaming platforms that you can access and use to read the stuff. There's um, several different affiliate platforms that you can use to read these comics digitally. Um, I am afraid that this might be the last hurrah for physical books, though. And I hope that's not the case, and this is why I was kind of alluding to this about the movies. Yeah. Because it's a similar situation where outside of the big box office movies and their initial release, they really haven't been putting butts in seats for a while yeah a lot of people have been kind of staying at home where they can play on their phone while the movie's playing on the tv or whatever whenever that's possible and not really going to theaters and it's been argued that it's kind of a dying old way of you know sustaining the medium and a lot of people have argued that about comic books specifically and specifically physically uh, physical comic books and that would really sadden me and disappoint me as a fan because I love collecting books. I love framing them and posting them and showing them off around the house and in the studio and stuff. And I'm worried that this will put such a financial strain on these industries, you know, far more than a big oil company or something like that that we're talking about on the national media. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- those companies are huge. They have, you know, billions of dollars, you know, millions of dollars in you know, reserves that they can tap into if they need to, you know, whereas these small local mom and shop, mom and pop shops, they don't necessarily have that, you know, income or that reservoir of cash to kind of maintain the business. And yeah, sure, they really don't. And sure, you, you lose a little bit of expense by not having the lights on and stuff for utilities and, you know, maybe not having employees, which, you know, again, sucks for the people. If you can't pay your employees during this time, you know, what, how are they supposed to pay rent and eat and you right. know, keep their savings alive and all that stuff? But uh, you also got to wonder how these shops are going to keep their doors open if this goes on too long, you know, more than a week or two. And they're mm. projecting for a lot of regions that this is supposed to peak, you know, as late as late May or you know, mid June for some projections. So it's yeah, it, it's hard to say. You know, what it really is how long this is going to last and how badly this is going to shake a lot of industries, a lot of restaurants, a lot of service industry stuff, and in particular, you know, our beloved local comic book shops. So I am really afraid that this is going to be the 
the kind of death nail for physical comics because really you can still get your digital comics no no problem more yeah. or less you know it's not affected by this at all and the only ones that really suffer are the local mom and pop shops and diamond the the distributor for comics um for let's say 99 percent of comics are distributed by diamond so you know if diamond goes down they pretty much have an, a monopoly and they're done yeah. You know? yeah unless the comic book companies sustain them and give them support um and then if they go down obviously the comic shops go down there's just nothing they can do i really hope this is not the case because you know comics are a physical medium they always have been you know even if it's not the primary source for a lot of people now it's still a very important source for collectability for you know value uh, of investment uh, for obviously display you know, for pride, for cultural reasons. It's all very important, you know? Yeah. And, I, you know, I like the co- convenience of digital media, but it doesn't have the same feel necessarily, and you don't get the same impact, especially on those full two-page spread panels, you know, that sort of thing, um, as you do on a physical book. And then, obviously, the cover art, you know, there's no, you know, seeing it on a little tablet or a little phone is not the same as seeing it in full-size, you know, physical uh embodiment and print and ink um it's just not the same you know and i get it maybe i'm a dinosaur in this regard but (laughs) you know i love collecting my favorite covers and then buying you know that the books i'm reading digitally if they if i don't particularly like the cover or think it's particularly collectible because i like keeping them as pristine as i can and then framing them or displaying them or whatever else so very rarely do I break a comic open to read it, a physical comic. I collect it because I love the art, I love the medium, and I want to preserve it and display it. Well, yeah. if it doesn't exist in that form anymore, how do you preserve it? How do you display it? You know, right? It's uh, this is a wild time we're living in. A wild time that, uh, well, it may need more, more GoFundMe campaigns. It might need Kickstarter campaigns in order to get, in order to make sure that this industry does not go down with one pandemic. This is this is a legacy of art, a legacy of art that has been uh, gaining. Popularity ever since the 40s. It has literally been since World War II that comic books have been much more widely written, published, distributed, uh, turned into other ancillary entertainment such as television, movies, video games, uh, there is so much of American culture baked into the birth of the comic book that it is absolutely warranted that anyone who's worrying about this medium dying, they should. What's even worse is that this medium 
could die as a result of people being forced to stay inside for reasons that they can't control. Yeah. So it's employers having to fire staff because they can't meet their numbers for sales because people can't come in. Yeah. So it's it's really devastating. I I hope I'm wrong. I hope this is not the case. I hope these, you know, all these shops, I mean, Crazy Comics, you know, it has it's been around maybe a year, you know. It's not a strongly established comic book shop. It's a good comic book shop, but they haven't been there that long. I don't Yeah. I don't know how they can possibly have made enough profit to stay in business after being forced to close for a few weeks, you know, several weeks, maybe a month, maybe two months. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, And so it's devastating, man. I, my heart goes out to each and every one of them, all the owners, all the managers, all the employees. Uh, I love these people. They're our community. They're our people, you know, through and through, you know, a, a lot of them know me by name and, you know, I'm sure you have similar situations with your shops. So I I implore people out there, if you are able, please reach out to your shops. Please reach out to these individuals that have been loyal to you and you've been loyal to for so long that have served you and helped you and uh, gave you a place to gather and communalize with your fellow comic book fans and nerds and, you know, uh, even you, you know, Magic the Gathering people that... Uh, <laughs> crowd our comic shops you know <laughs> you're welcome to uh, but seriously this these are community gathering places for nerd culture you know and they have been for a long time long before it became cool yeah um, these are bastions of kind of fun and in some ways security you know to have a social a social community outside of the norm you know uh, yeah. Sometimes you don't fall into a specific, you know, community group. You don't fall into a specific, you know, charity group or church group or religious group or, you know, uh, social group or whatever the case is. Maybe you're a little bit of an outsider. Maybe you live somewhere kind of isolated, you know, and there's not a whole lot of people out there. But you know where you can go to kind of see your fellow people, your fellow yeah. nerds, your fellow comic book fans and uh nerd culture fans. It's your local comic book shop or your local game shop or whatever the case is, you know, that happens to sell comic books, you know. So, if you are able and you're listening and watching, reach out to your local shops, you know, the ones that have been there and see if you can offer some kind of help or service or volunteer or whatever the case is, whatever it takes, see if, see if they have something that you can do to assist them. Uh, even if it's something as small as, you know, having a delayed pool, you know, or, uh, you know, pre-orders or whatever the case is, or maybe, you know, an hour of your time, you know, once they get to open back up to help them out, volunteer hours to help them get back in, in shape, whatever the case is, uh, it could be as simple as just sharing their page so people can, you know, find them and, you know, uh, obviously return the business back to its proper form once they reopen. Um, cause I don't know. I just, uh, when it's just a digital service, there's so much disconnect and it feels like just a big company, you know, giving you shit to digest, 
Whereas at your local comic book shop, it feels more local. You know, yeah. you get your artist signings, which are always great. I know World's Greatest Comics has always been really good about that, bringing artists in for signings. Um, you know, I got my, my Banks cover signs for uh, Kyle Rayner's covers, oh, which I, I'm still, still very proud of uh, from World's Greatest Comics. And then Laughing Ogre is another one that's really good about that, getting creators and artists. I got my Nailbiter number one issue signed uh, by both the... Uh, writer and illustrator, which I am very proud of. I really love that cover, and I really love the that they signed that for me and discussed the book for with me. And I I genuinely had a lot of fun and loved uh, that whole experience. So these are experiences you can only really get at these these stores. You know, maybe you can kind of get it at a con. My problem with cons is that they're always so crowded and so busy and so crazy and hectic. Yeah. That you can't really have like a nice, like small environment, comfortable environment, you know, to meet these creators and people you admire and respect and kind of hear their views on things or input on things. Uh, that's uh, my favorite thing about that is the human factor. At these cons, it's kind of lost because it's, it's all very crazy and hectic and somewhat artificial now. I totally get, yeah. you know, you're a con goer, you're a big con guy. I know, you know, in the past at least. Yeah, I I've been to a few. And I know there's a community there that's great. Um uh, yeah, between it, the con goers themselves, but I I feel yeah. like there's always a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah, it's uh cons nowadays have as you know, costume making has improved over time. It's become uh, far less about trying to connect to the creators, even though that is still there to a degree, uh, and far more about, well, who has the best cosplay, which, I mean, that in itself is an art form. Sure. So like, uh, this I mean, is, we, we had a, you know, cosplayer of the week segment once upon a time ago, but we didn't get enough yeah. people participating to sustain it, so we didn't keep it up. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can see why, like, a more intimate setting would be better if you're trying to connect specifically with uh, people who are just there to, like, try to connect with the creators. Which, that used to be far more of a thing, and nowadays I think it's... Yeah, I definitely think it's like a popularity contest. Yeah, I definitely think it's kind of taking a backseat, which is, in my opinion, sad because that was my favorite part. Yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, obviously I dressed up on Halloween and stuff like that, but I'm not really one to want to dress up in costumes and stuff. And, you know, not a costume guy. No, you know, especially like the uncomfortable ones. It's just, (laughs) it's fine. So Uh, if I got you a comic book accurate Nightwing costume. I mean, I'd probably sleep and eat in that thing. <laughs> I uh, knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an exception. That's a special circumstance for my big special dick. Costume. Costume. Uh, uh, it's the second week in a row where we've made terrible dick jokes. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, you, you sent me uh, a meme that, that I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> Speaking of trash memes, <laughs> I got them. Uh, but yeah, we. Uh, I'm just, you know, 
I don't want to put on the alarm bells because, you know, who knows, maybe we'll get through this and the, you know, travel bans and all that stuff will be lifted and everybody will be okay and there'll be some kind of stimulus package to help them out, whatever the case is. But I'm really afraid that this is going to be the end of the vast majority of the physical distribution of the medium. And that would make me really sad, really bummed out. Um, Especially for people who might have just gotten into that business. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Crazy Comics, I I really am afraid for those guys because it's a, a man and woman that uh, I'm pretty sure a husband and wife that opened that shop about a year ago. And I just, unless they have some funds to, you know, reach into, I'm really afraid for them. Uh, really good people. Uh, I really hope they're okay. You know, some of the bigger shops will probably be okay, but you can't help but wonder. Even them, they they got to be hurting. Their employees are definitely going to be hurting. Uh, it's just not an ideal situation for anybody, obviously. Um, yeah. And I I genuinely hope this isn't the death nail for the industry. You know, because I don't. I can see if this goes on long enough and it's severe enough, how it can just completely wipe out, you know, 75% of the industry, you know, and sure people might try to rise up and take over that industry, but it's already struggling due to the digital competition. I don't see how you can sustain it, you know? Yeah. And I, I get it. You know, all of the market is going this way. Video games are going this way. You know, music, nobody buys CDs anymore. It's all about streaming on Spotify or whatever other music streaming apps you use, you know. Everybody's watching their videos on YouTube and online. So adding, I, adding another thing to only be able to look at on our magical supercomputers that we keep in our pockets, I think would be a woeful mistake yeah i mean it there's a lot of benefits to it it's undeniable you know obviously there's less impact on the planet when you everything is on a digital platform you know you're not creating as much waste true you're not you know uh you don't have as much overhead because you don't have to have these factors and print presses and all of these things to print all of these books and distribute all these books nationwide you don't have to help sustain these shops and retailers, you know, um, to keep their doors open and all of this stuff. Uh, there's a lot of benefits that are just inarguable. It's just, you know, and everything is going this direction. But my concern is it's just so temporary, you know. Yeah. If for one reason or another this marketplace or that marketplace closes down, all of your investment is gone. Whereas if you buy the physical medium, you always have it unless you yourself destroy it or damage yeah. it, you know? Uh, you know, that's true of Blu-ray discs, it's true of CDs and cassette tapes and VHSs, you know, as outdated as they are, they're there. They're physically there. So, yeah. uh, sure, they can wear out, sure, they can be damaged, but generally speaking, you know, even years and years later, if, you know, just because maybe, you know, let's say hypothetically Paramount shut down. If you have the tapes or the Blu-rays or whatever the case is, you can still watch those movies. But if their platform for distributing Paramount movies is gone and nobody bought the properties, it's gone. Like, yeah. You can never get it, that yeah, back. It, it's just gone. <laughs> you know? That um, is the inherent risk when it comes to 
moving things to be 100% digital. It's like you are entirely reliant. You'd be entirely reliant on the servers still being up or in some way, shape, or form having saved that data on your own and hoping to whatever god you believe in or maybe one of the gods that you don't, um, that the ability to access that data, which is all it would be if it's all digital, yeah. is not something that you need some kind of key for or some kind of like constantly maintained access um and that is the thing that you never have to worry about with having a physical copy of something yeah and and then you you gotta think you know how many comic books start at a local comic book shop like hey you know will you guys you know distribute my books or sell my books if i bring them to you and sell them to you at a reasonable price or whatever you know sure there's digital versions of this but it's there's so much crap on the internet it's so hard to piece out what's you know new and right what's in independent i mean you have to do something radical to get noticed on the internet whereas at your local comic book shop if it's on the front stand you know which a lot of these are hey you know that looks kind of cool i'll pick it up you know yeah it is and, uh, far you, easier to grab attention locally yeah than to try to grab it from the entire world yeah on the internet because that is who your competition is yeah and it's just you're it's going to be so different if this ends up affecting the industry the way i'm afraid it will um, because there's just there is no equivalent on the digital marketplace of walking into a store and just walking the rows to see what the covers look like to see what stands out to you what catches your attention you know number ones are not going to sell as much as they did before if the physical medium's gone. Not nearly as much. Because people collect number ones because they never know if they're going to be great books that are highly regarded, you know, 10 years down the line and very valuable, you know. I bet you a ton of people bought The Walking Dead number one. Uh, I still kick myself in the butt because I could have <laughs> bought the damn book and I didn't buy the damn book and now it's worth thousands and thousands of dollars, you know. Uh, yep. Um, but that col that collectability and that value and that you know incentive to buy number ones and try new comic books out are, is completely gone you know beyond you know the nerd experience that you and I might pursue right um, so the other thing to take into account with that is worrying about whether or not you will be able to access those things at any given moment is one thing. To move it all 100% digital is to also make all comics fight for the same type of attention space that everything else on the internet actively does. Yeah, and I mean, what's your average phone? Like four inches by two inches, maybe? Maybe. On the bigger ones? you know. Unless you're going into, like, phablets, which... How many... Uh, how many books can you fit on that space, you know, and still be comprehensive and yeah and and uh, how much is it going to inspire you being this big you know probably not as much you know i i wouldn't think so so i i worry for the health of the industry you know people are like uh oh, marvel and dc and image are all big companies they can you know they'll be all right on a all d digital platform yeah, maybe maybe not you know yeah we maybe have one no day idea. wb decides you know 
hey, this isn't making us enough money. Just cut the cut the storefront, you know, and then all that stuff's gone, you know. Uh, maybe it'll be yeah. archived somewhere, but that's uh, you're gonna gamble on that, you know. Yeah, it's like imagine WB or Disney not just cutting the storefront, but cutting those entire businesses loose because the thing that made them so lucrative in the first place has died. Yeah, and then again, then there's the th- the security risk that you got to worry about too, you know. Uh, what if a hacker breaks in and, you know, because they're angry because WB did something that the community didn't like and some hacker attacked them and dosed them and then crashed the site if, and now you can't read your books and then, you know, maybe they go in and delete a bunch of stuff, you know, yeah. and now that stuff's gone forever, you know, what do you do? You Imagine know? making all of your things 100% digital in a time when more and more people are being pushed to, and I hate this hashtag, learn to code, and you have now discovered that it is far easier and far less uh, far less dangerous immediately to any person for them to steal something online. Yeah. Uh, of course, you always got to worry about piracy in every medium, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, piracy in every medium is one thing, but this will uh, this will be just one more thing that people can find online and or potentially one person pays for it and then starts to file share that to death. Yeah, which currently happens. So yeah, I, I mean, it, I mean uh, it's kind of a understood thing that comic companies, I think, embrace a little bit, but... It's also not great for sustaining the in- industry. Um, I mean, think about all the artists that are paid for doing variant covers. You know, we laugh about Dynamite every week, but think about how many artists they employ to do those variant covers and yeah, who make a living, make a name on doing variant covers before they really make their leap into the industry. Yeah, and uh, like the thing that monetizes them is the lucrative proposition that people are going to buy those variant covers because they like that cover better than the originally intended cover. Yeah, and it's there if there's no physical <laughs> variant to buy, there's no point to a variant, you know? Right. A digital I'm not buying a variant copy of a comic book it's on like a digital it, platform. It's like if we're just restricted to just looking at different covers without having to pay for them, then the entire point to a variant cover artist lucrative in terms of them being lucrative or not is completely nullified. Yeah. So uh, back to the original topic, you know, it's just, you know, maybe I'm being too paranoid, but I, I do fear for the industry. You know, I've feared for the industry a long time for just the digital competition to begin with. Yeah. But now with this whole pandemic, you know, sh- shuttering a lot of sh- shops and potentially maybe permanently, you know, depending on how well balanced their books are and how well they can bounce you know, back, bounce back afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's really worrying and it's really concerning. I hope it's not the case. I have been really happy to see you know companies stepping up, giving both distributors and uh, retailers avenues to handle returns to handle 
cancellations to handle reduced volumes, reduced orders, changed orders, whatever the case is. Uh, Marvel publicly talking about how they're going to offer steep discounts to help them out so that they have a little bit more margin, you know, to keep the shop open as long as their shops are open, which ours aren't. Um, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be really tough. And I, I wish everybody the best. I hope that these companies all pull through this without a problem. Uh, you know, but it's, it's really hard on the industry and it's hard not to see a crash coming in the industry. And possibly, you know, a death nail. And I hope that's not the case. I genuinely hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping not. I'm not reading into this correctly because uh, I would be very, very upset, very saddened if that was the case. Uh, you just think about how many great artists and how many great uh, writers and you know, uh, colorists and letterists and all of these people are employed by this industry, and how they can potentially suffer if this goes on too long. So. Uh, heart goes out to them. I'm glad to see Diamond and Aftershock and Marvel and all of these different companies try to step up and help help out. And we talked about, I think it was last week's episode, that independent uh, publisher that was making all of their stuff free online to kind of entertain people uh, during the, the pandemic. So there's a lot of goodwill going on out there. Obviously, we talked about the fundraiser. Uh, that was posted by Mad Cape Studios to uh, give relief to comic shop retailers across the U.S. Um, but again, reach out to your comic shops if you can. I'm sure they'd be very grateful. And uh, even even if you can't do something monetarily, I'm sure they would appreciate you know <laughs> support in other ways if possible. Just reach out to them, see what you can do. Yeah, when it comes to what's happening we of course do not want to give off the impression that we are far more invested in the livelihood of the comic book industry more than you know the health and well-being of people who are staying away from uh this current pandemic yeah, sheltering themselves definitely or not. any anyone yeah. like currently recovering um of course, as always, their health and well-being is far more important. That being said, it does worry us, especially for the aftermath of this, because, mm -hmm. well, we do, as people who are probably going to survive this, as anyone is going to have to worry about how we survive this, um, the aftermath what do we do once this passes? And again, Mad Cave Studios has come up with a GoFundMe that you can donate to that would seriously help out the any and all local comic shops that reach out to them for this kind of relief. But things like that need our support whatever you can throw in if you can throw in something like definitely do not um, put yourself at more monetary risk if you already are in that situation a lot of us are yeah all things considered like pe lots of people got laid off fired uh just told not to come into work which 
going to reduce hours, reduce paychecks, reduce people's ability to cover themselves mm-hmm. in the situation. And it's unfortunate. And then, it, I mean, even if you think about, obviously, hasn't affected the United States quite as much. But if you think about countries like Italy, where they have a large elderly population, which are having yeah. very high death rates uh, comparatively uh, for one reason or another. Yeah, I think not only are you dealing with the costs of not working or, you know, getting laid off or having less hours or whatever the case is, but now you got a funeral cost, you got the emotional toll, you know, uh, medical costs for whatever medical care they received, you know, uh, all of this stuff can factor in and be very devastating, especially in the United States where we don't have necessarily the best uh, financial system in place for healthcare um to be sustainably paid for (laughs) this Uh, is definitely putting every government and every infrastructure within that government be it uh financial or medical or hell in some cases construction uh like everything is being put to the test because of this because of this virus yeah on a non- comic book no it's very interesting to see how every style of government every style of infrastructure every style of business is dealing with what's going on how the markets you know crashing and rising and crashing and rising you know how you know the fed is trying to reduce rates to try to prevent you know an an absolute depression you know uh economically speaking uh it's it's an interesting thought experiment going on right in front of us, you know. Yeah, that's we could potentially be entering very, very dark times. Yeah, it's again. I don't want to be a downer because we're, you know, health wise, most of us, the vast majority of people out there, are probably going to be okay. The whole point of all of these preventative measures is to prevent from getting the people that are most susceptible ill and dying. Um, you know, the elderly specifically, people with underlying health conditions, you know, uh, yeah. whatever the case is, you know, if Emery and I get it, probably be going to be okay. Well, we will probably be fine. Uh, most likely. But if we have it, don't know it, or we have it and just neglect to handle it properly and we go out into a public place like a grocery store or whatever else and give it to, you know, a person that's 70 years old or a person that has severe asthma and they're probably not going to make it, you know, without, yeah. without extreme medical measures. And even then, you know, who knows? Um, so that's the goal in this. It's, it's not about us. It's about the community and what we can do to prevent, uh, you know, deaths and severe medical costs to the people most susceptible in the community. So it's a very complicated issue. You know, again, we're not, you know, saying that the the governor or anybody else is wrong for telling these shops to close as a preventative measure, but you got to understand how devastating it is economically to these stop stores. You know, it's not a greed thing. It's a, can I survive thing? Can I pay my rent thing? Can I buy food and put it on the table for me and my kids thing? You know, yeah. it's not a greed thing. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's one thing that I think can tend to get lost in the weeds yeah. of the overall discussion when it comes to um, 
what should be given out to people who own businesses in order to help them through this. Because it's, make no mistake, local businesses are incredibly important for the economy. If for no other reason than, well, their con- their contribution to the the local area that they're in. Mm-hmm. It's like be it uh, the people that they hire, the people who are their customers. Um, I mean, it's not the people who own that shop in order to keep it running and all of the the, all the things that they have to keep straight with uh, accounting inventory and all that and the sunk costs that they have going into it that hopefully they don't have to deal with in an exacerbated sense coming out of it for yeah quite a few of them because of this. And not only that, you know, you think about cultural value, you know community value for you know like these social groups that don't fall neatly into one category or the other you know yeah. you know uh isolated peoples especially you know for the campus area uh, you know we got the biggest campus area in, in the united states uh, with the ohio state university and their campus which is still growing somehow um, because they keep getting more students who inadvertently bring them more money that's so yeah. big uh I mean, since I've lived here for the you know the past six years, it's devoured half the city already. <laughs> um, but you gotta think, there's a lot of yeah. students that aren't from here that are on their own for the first time, maybe you know, uh, going to these local comic book shops to find community, to find fellow you know comic book readers and gamers and whatever yeah. other uh, you know kind of quote unquote nerd media. Uh, you know, community they can find in a physical form, you know, internet communities are great and all, but in the end it's, it's kind of fake, you know, it's kind of artificial. It's, it's not person to person. You don't get a genuine, genuine feeling for a community. It it being fake. I wouldn't say that. I would say, uh, disconnected. Disconnected is a great word. Yeah, Yeah. I'd agree with that. So, um, yeah, I, I, really hope that everybody gets through this okay uh you know obviously physically healthy as well as financially healthy so uh, i think that's a good place to end it for now obviously yeah. very depressing topic of the show but one that had to I be mean, discussed i mean yeah again I, this news is breaking today and comic shop owners have been talking about how they're going to have extended hours tomorrow so people can get their last orders you know and everything else and how they We'll try to adjust with like curbside services and whatever else, you know, that'll be permitted um, to try to sustain the business. But yeah, it's it's rough out there. So yeah. reach out to your comic shop owners if you can. If you're in Ohio, you know, go there tomorrow, support them, you know, see what you can do, uh, if anything, you know, um, because after that, they're shuttered until further notice. So yeah, hearts go out to you. So. Let's go ahead and end it. Once again, thank you for watching, supporting, listening. Uh, We really do appreciate it. Please hit like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and rate well elsewhere. It really does help us out if you can. We do have a Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash hit the books. If you want to help keep the show going and uh, keep the mics and cameras on, we'd be very, very grateful. Once again, thanks to Heather Reap for supporting the show on a very consistent basis as an executive producer of the show. Um... You know, I you won't hurt my feelings if you take that money and put it towards this uh, relief fund. You know, all of you people out there, if you are on the borderline of supporting us, 
you know, that might be a good investment as well. Because, like I said, support your local comic book shops. Right now, they need it more than ever. So, oh, yeah. Uh, really implore you to do so if you can. Obviously, we appreciate any uh, patronage as well, if you so choose. Patreon.com forward slash hit the books. You can reach out to us on Twitter at HTBVids. You can reach out to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash hit the books. Our email is hit the books vids, V-I-D-S dot com, or I'm sorry, <laughs> hit the books vids at gmail.com. If you want to email us uh, directly to suggest topics of the show or ask questions to either one of us or suggest improvements or constructive, constructive criticisms, whatever the case is. Um, obviously, we're on Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, uh, YouTube, all of these different uh, streaming services, Spotify. Uh, so feel free to check us out on any one of these programs and subscribe if you can. Uh, I think I covered all the bases. I always forget one or two, so I apologize if I did. Uh, Bob says stay healthy out there, stay safe, uh, and hopefully everybody is getting through the pandemic okay and uh, in a healthy and happy environment. So without further ado, we will say goodbye for episode 48. Again, check out our comic movie master list series it is it is coming uh we just recorded it it'll probably be out before this episode so if you missed it go back and check it out it's probably up on our youtube page and uh, i'll try to put it on our streaming services uh, just like our podcast so definitely check that out if you can we got many more coming down the pipeline next one's going to be batman circa 1966 with adam west Amber Ward. So definitely check that out. Um, I think that's everything. Okay. Yeah. All right. So thank you once again. We love you. Stay healthy. Goodbye. Wash your hands. You nasty ass. Oh, I forgot to mention. New York posted a safe sex guidelines for quarantine. And one of the things they tell you to do, sleep with your roommate. <laughs> instead of going out and the another thing they tell you to do is don't eat ass <laughs> don't eat ass <laughs> feces spreads viruses don't eat ass <laughs> so i just thought that was i just thought i'd add that at the end of the episode pretty funny that is new york city that stay that, crazy we that, love you that hilariously reminds me of a uh a movie with samuel l jackson in it where he admits to eating the butt. <laughs> <laughs> True romance. Uh, it's like the the one thing that Quentin Tarantino wrote but did not direct. Hey, we don't kink shame here. You know, I'm not saying I do or don't, but yeah, we don't a, kink shame here. It's all like, right? hey, we we just saying at least put the ass eating on hold. <laughs> <laughs> put it on the back burner <laughs> till the saw blows over. Put it on the booty burner. Then you can eat as much ass as you want. <laughs> just. Booty cake it, 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 every it, day. It, it look, just clean it, <laughs> clean it, clean it, clean it. Uh, I can't believe that was a, an official document. <laughs> I love New York City. <laughs> all right, that's all. Goodbye. We love you. <laughs> wow.